guess what? We are now live. <laughs> we are live. So let us get this thing started. Wow. Finally, I am here with the incomparable, phenomenal Tamika Briscoe, screenwriter, content creator, uber creative. And uh, we're going to sit and talk for a little bit. And we're going to get to see what Tamika is up to and how she got started in the business. So for all of those of you uh, joining us, thank you so much uh, for deciding to spend about an hour with us. And my name is Floyd Marshall, and you are now listening to a conversation with Tamika Briscoe. What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining a conversation with a podcast for and about real independent filmmakers. There's absolutely nothing Hollywood about this podcast, and we're going to dive into what it takes to make a successful independent film on a shoestring budget. We all know how that is. So we're going to talk to some content creators. We're going to talk to some film festival curators. We're going to talk with screenwriters. We're going to talk with actors and actresses to get an insight on what it takes to make a successful independent film, what it takes to be a successful content creator. We're going to run the entire gamut of the real independent film industry. So we are so excited to have you with us. So sit back and enjoy a conversation with, and I'm your host, Floyd Marshall Jr. So, Miss Briscoe, how are you? I am great, Floyd. Thanks for having me here. This is so exciting. I've been greatly anticipating this, so thank you, and thanks for everybody listening. Me too. Um, again, Clubhouse. Clubhouse, because it's interesting, I'm meeting so many different people on Clubhouse that are doing so many amazing things. And that's actually where we met. That seems to be the uh, recurring theme that everyone yeah. that's actually doing something. And I mean, really, you know, moving and shaking. You can yeah. find them on Clubhouse. So Tamika, how long have you been in the business? But more importantly, how did you get started? And why did you pick the film industry? That's a great question. Um, I have been since I was a little girl, like I knew I wanted to be a Hollywood writer. Mm -hmm. I didn't I don't even know that I really understood what that was. But I just always like telling stories since I was a little girl. And even in my childhood, I never really watched like the gatherings and celebrations of the arts, like from like the BET Awards or the Oscars, the the Emmys or any of that, like from a perspective of like a fan. Like I was always really good at um, understanding who would win. You know what I mean? So I think that was an early eye for talent as well, <laughs> like casting maybe. Mm. But I, I also, um, but I always just felt like I was supposed to be there. Like I would always watch it. And even as a little girl, I would be like, I'm going to be there one day. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be there. So um, I've always known that that's what I wanted to do. But I literally, you know, life happens and um, doesn't always happen straight away. So I've had to take, you know, odd jobs or whatever jobs uh, could pay the bills at the time uh, before I really got serious with it. Um, so I would say around 2010, that's when I wrote my first book. That was when I made like my real decision, like I'm going to be a writer. And even if I do take any other job, 
no offense to any employer that I had from 2010 and <laughs> up until I stopped. But um, yeah, I just knew that it was just, I was passing, passing the time until I would be able to really, um, you know, come to Hollywood and be an independent, uh, well, be a, a screenwriter. But what I didn't anticipate is that I would be a filmmaker mm. altogether. I learned that once I got here that, okay, yes, you want to be a Hollywood writer, but the quickest way to do that is to make your own content. So here I am. So you started out as an author. So you've, how many books have you written to date? I've written uh, one novel, but I also uh, recently put out an ebook, uh, like a self-help book. Um, and then I have tons of stuff that I haven't even like put out, you know, like every writer, of but course, those of are course. like my two that you can go and buy right now. <laughs> okay. So how long were you writing before you decided that in order for me to get to where I need to be, I, I, I really need to start making my own content. I moved to L.A. in 2014 and I quickly learned and, and keep in mind, I moved to L.A. as a single mom of two. So it's a whole different situation. So a lot of the things that would be required of me, like the networking and the making connections, that wasn't going to be an easy thing to do when I had to have kids at school at a certain time. and right. up at I'm in dinner on the table at another time. So um, I quickly learned from whenever I was able to go to networking events is that in L.A., the first thing that you're asked, like anywhere, I'm from D.C. initially. So um, in D.C., you meet someone, hey, how are you doing? What do you do? Maybe will be something you ask. In L.A., it's like, hey, how you doing? What are you working on? Right. So I quickly learned that you're only as relevant to this town as your latest project or the the most recent thing even if you worked on the greatest film ever like that's that's quickly old news in this town like what are you working on now is what everybody wants to know wow. so um that's when i realized that wow like i could what am i working on i'm trying to get somebody to discover me you know what i mean and you will stay in that loop for a long time if you're not proactive so that's when i decided that because everyone used to when they met me, I really stood out because they were like, oh, this is Tamika. She's a writer and she's just a writer because that was part of my intro. Like, hey, everybody, I'm Tamika Briscoe. I'm a writer and I'm just a writer because in this town, everyone's multi-hyphenate. Mm. So I would say it took me about two years to realize that, oh, there's a reason everyone's multi-hyphenate. So that is when I had to become a writer and a producer because if I wanted my writing to be produced, I had to do it, at least starting out. Um, and then... I started directing recently okay. um, with the last year and a half or so. Um, and that's because like, if I want these projects directed that I'm writing and producing, I may have to direct it. And then it just started to grow from there. So was it a dash of cold water in the face when you actually made your first? So I get, I take it you made a short film first. I did. That so, was the so how did that thing. work out? Wow, it's a very interesting story about how I got my first short film. So it started because I initially hired someone else. Because again, in this town, um, and I really would say mostly in anything, you have to believe in yourself and you have to know your uh, capabilities. I think we're always told to know our limits, but no, you have to know what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. So I never really, I've always, I sat in this town a long time just always trusting other people's uh, 
talents and their credits more than like my God given talent, you know what I mean? And, and common sense for that matter, like, or just the ability to learn new technologies or new methods to do certain things. So I ended up spending a lot of family money, um, people believing in me, like, you know, on a project and like hiring all these people that at the end of the day, the project bust and it, that that showed that, you know, they made maybe they didn't know any more than I did to begin with. But from that experience, I watched I watched I watched every single person that was paid and you know I watched them do great at their jobs I watched mistakes that they made and then I realized especially the directing and considering that I work with a DP mm -hmm. like especially since I write something I know now don't get it wrong I don't want to like sit up here and make it seem like anybody that writes something can direct it because right. it is a completely different skill but um I was very confident and I am now extremely confident that with the things that I'm writing, I do have enough um, experience and knowledge of my characters that I know how I would like them to be portrayed. So um, make a long story short, that project, I lost a lot of money and a lot of relationships, like as a result of, you know, hiring the wrong team to see that done. And I had to step up you know, mistakes were made and I just couldn't watch, you know, it all crash and burn. So I had to step up. But from that, it birthed that, oh, wow, I can really do this. So then um, as a necessity to make up for some of the things that went wrong with the pilot, mm -hmm. I ended up writing some scenes that I thought would be supplemental and go into the pilot. But by then I had to hire like a different team and it was just impossible to merge the two. So I ended up just creating a short film. And that was the first thing that I ever directed. And then I fell in love with directing. Now I have my own web series, which I write, produce, and direct. And that's a weekly show. And we started that in May of last year and have been going like ever since. And that and that's through the quarantine. It's actually a um, project that we shoot remotely during quarantine. That's my web series. Wow. So it sounds like when you did your first short, there was a small amount of I guess, imposter syndrome, like you didn't belong here. So I'm going yep. to hire someone who supposedly knows what they're doing. And then it turns out that those people didn't know what they were doing either. Now, let me ask you a question about that. Was it a question of you just not knowing that they didn't know or you just taking their word that, hey, this is what this is what I've done so I'm I'm more than capable of doing this. And then it turns out that they weren't. So there was a little bit of imposter syndrome going on at that end of the table as well. I love that you asked that question because I speak a lot about imposter syndrome. I know that I have, have been in many ways continued to struggle with uh, imposter syndrome. I, I say continued because I very recently like have broken that off my life because, you know, I'm a believer. So I'm like, that the devil's a lie, because that's all imposter syndrome is, mm -hmm. is like the enemy, like getting into your mind that you can't do this. You're not worthy. You don't know this. You've never done that. You uh, most things that we do very well to this day, like anything, riding a bike or driving a car or anything. At one point, we did not know how to do it, but you can certainly learn how to do it. And then once you learn how to do it, you master it. So for me, directing was no different from that. In fact, it is, it, it, I really, I found out that I was a director in the moment that 
I took a script that I wrote and I literally had to approach it with things that I never thought of because mm-hmm. as a screenwriter, I may say, okay, Floyd, uh, you know, um, you know, introduced Tamika, you know what I mean? Like if I was to write this scene, right. But as a director, um, I would have to say, okay, Floyd, lower the microphone, you know, like I want you to get as close as possible to it. And then, you know, you, you know, like that director, like, so it goes beyond words or even just description and you just have to go a little deeper and you have to, it's, it's choreography too. Hmm. And I have a dance background growing up. Cause it's like, I never realized that, okay, you have to choreograph these scenes, especially if right. two people are walking, like I need y'all to walk in unison or I need you to walk two steps behind him and you need to be furious and you need to be like distraught. And you need, like, these are things that I don't think of when I'm writing. Obvious, I mean, they're obvious, like, okay, if the dialogue is showing that, okay, in the case of my short film, that um, the, the mentor is upset because his young protege got caught uh, trying to steal sneakers mm-hmm. out of the store obviously he's upset and obviously he's disappointed that he got caught. So you know that. And so if I write that this is the scenario, that's one thing, but for me to dramatize it and just show them exactly how to execute that, that's a completely Mm -hmm. different skill, but I love it. Okay. So do you, do you consider yourself a more hands on type of a director or are you the type of director where, you know what, You've read the scene, you've internalized it, you've memorized it, you're off book. I'm going to I'm going to, you know, holler action and I'm going to see what you do with what I gave you. Yeah. And if, you know, I feel comfortable enough that you're 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 doing okay, I'm going to leave you alone or are you the type of director where you're really hands-on? Um, I would say initially, like uh, it's and that's and that's another thing about directing. So me directing like that short is very different than me directing a weekly show. So now that I have a show that I have to direct every week, I I can't be hands on even if I wanted to because right. I'm writing the same show. I'm doing the scheduling. I'm like you know like yeah shooting it and directing it. So I can't be hands on. So I, at some point you have to have actors that you trust and you have to cast the right talent in mm-hmm. these roles. So it can't be someone that requires like a lot of handholding. Um, but so I, I noticed like with, with the weekly series, it, it I'm able to initially starting out, yes, we do rehearsals, we do table reads, we do um, like one-on-one time with me, like to make sure you really understand this character and what's going on. But that's at the beginning. Once you know who your character are, you've done who your character is, you've done um, a few episodes. Um, you kind of know my style, you know, this character, you know, my writing, um, it, it becomes less and less like now, like we're literally on, uh, the season finale of season two and all we do is table reads and probably like, I just, I'll, I'll have them run a rehearsal right before we shoot. Like, okay, so this is a rehearsal. Let's Mm -hmm. see what it is. You know what I mean? I already heard it at the table read this. So now you, and you weren't off book then you're off book now. Let's see what it sounds like. Okay. Like, just up the sarcasm on this part. Like, there's small tweaks. Right. But that's because I have the right cast. So I don't have to be hands-on anymore. But initially, very much in the trenches with you. And I'm very collaborative as a director, especially on a, sh- a brand-new show. Because mm-hmm. neither yeah. of us knew who these characters were going to be. It's a brand-new show. So it was very fun to, you know, together with with my colleagues to create these characters that everybody loves now. 
So, so what is the name of the show? Tell us a little bit about it. Absolutely. The web series is called QT. Um, and it's about, um, singles, um, and, you know, people in, in relationships, how they're uh, dealing with quarantine, mm-hmm. love and loss and, and quarantine. Um, it's primarily people of color. So that's very exciting. And um, we shoot the whole thing uh, in quarantine. Like we, we, we shot this entire time. Like so once Hollywood shut down, we started. So we use uh, the technology of Zoom and everyone has an iPhone and but we do have, a, but it's not something that we're just putting together like a TikTok video. Like it's a, it's a dramatic scripted series. So, you know, there's wardrobe. We go over wardrobe. What are you wearing? What, are, what, what is your location? People mostly are shooting from their homes, but not always. Cause depending on the scene, like, mm-hmm. okay, I need you to do this in the car or do this at the gym or, you know, like, so there's coordinating all that. Um, but it's a, we, we have a huge cast, like from, we're doing the last episode uh, this weekend, but Throughout the course of it, almost 30 actors have come through the show. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. And I pride myself in like just working with creatives of color to like do something that hasn't been done like this before. Mm-hmm. So everyone's basically in their own location. So none of your actors have gotten together. Well, unless they were already together. Okay. Like, for instance, my daughter's in the show. So, you know, we've been in the same room. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But for the most part. No, my uh, my DP and I, we, we're on the Zoom and we let them know how to position their ca- camera. They sent us a test shot. That looks good. The blocking's good. Um, let's go ahead and um, run a rehearsal. Let's go ahead and roll this one, like once we feel they're ready. And then the editor puts it together and it's a conversation. So the conversation is still happening in real time, mm-hmm. but not the way it's playing out on the camera. Okay. They're recording their, they're, they're recording their parts separately but they can hear each other from the zoom. Hmm. So, but when you put it together, like on the, on the show, it looks like they're just on a FaceTime. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so where did so, you come up with that concept? God, like literally, <laughs> literally God, I really cannot because I, I'm not even like a big technology person like that. Like hmm. I'm kind of like, Ooh. so like, um, when the pandemic hit, I literally was shook. Like, I didn't think I would be shook, but I was shook. Mm-hmm. So um, I go to One Church LA, uh, which is the, Potter ho- the Potter's house at um, One Church LA. And it's Pastor Teray Roberts and Sarah Jakes Roberts, okay. their church. So uh, Pastor T said early on, like in the pandemic, he was like, you know, some of y'all are going to have to go on a news fast. And when I heard that, I was just like, that's the craziest thing. Like, well, that clearly ain't for me because mm-hmm. I literally went, I have a journalism, uh, a master's degree in journalism. So news is like not only a career thing for me uh, in the past, but something I'm passionate about. So I watched the news. Like, so I knew that couldn't be for me, but right. it was very scary because this was early. So at the on the onset, all we saw was a lot of deaths from a disease that we don't know anything about right. or where or when it can strike. Um, but as it started to get less scary. It's still very serious, obviously, but it got less scary. As you can see, look at how much stuff is opening back up. Right. Um, but for a minute there, like it got very scary. So I did go on a, um, a break. So I took 10 days, no news, no social media and no television at all. For 10 days. Like I didn't even eat during, so I just went on a fast. Oh, and wow. like, and in that stillness and that quietness, like God literally put it in my spirit, like, you know, do a, do a, a, a quarantine web series. And I'm like, well, 
like what? And then just I started talking to smart people that I know and how can we do this? And it's and it's a lot of trial and error. Like the show, what it has grown to is truly remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like we literally uh, submitted and and thank you for your your support. But we literally submitted ten of our actors to be considered for the daytime Emmys for oh, this wow. project wow. that we did in quarantine. That's phenomenal. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's truly phenomenal. Like that is something. And guess what? That's another thing. So if I when when outside does open back up, when people um, say, hey, Tamika, what are you working on? You know what I mean? I can say, oh, I did this whole the whole quarantine. Like I, I did a web series. You know what I mean? So they're going to be the ones looking like, oh, I didn't I didn't do anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Or I didn't do much. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's something that I would convey to almost every creator that I knew. Yes, there is a quarantine. Yes, mm-hmm. things are shut down, but that should not be an excuse for you not to be doing something. Because yeah. you, you, Writing. What, this look, is perfect time to write, if nothing. If this quarantine told you nothing else, it told you that you have to learn how to pivot and think yeah. on your feet. Agreed. Because right now and as far as content creators are concerned there are two camps the camp of the people that just said i'm going to wait until it's over and mm-hmm. we're going we're we're now in a year into it and you know things are slowly starting to open back up but not uh the way they were pre covid and then you had the people that did not slow down that they did yep. not let the quarantine and being for lack of a better term, lockdown, stop them from yep. creating content and just figuring out, okay, I have to make lemonade with the lemons that I have. Yep. So it sounds like you said, okay, I'm going to sit here for a minute and I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. You get that direct message, you know, guy slides in your DMs and say, hey, Tamika, this is what you need to do. I was quiet enough to hear it. Usually we're we're busy or we're slacking. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to just binge watch TV since there's nothing to do. Like, I just turned the TV off. Social media is a huge distraction. Like, I didn't do any of that. Like, I, I can only imagine the stuff that before and even since then God has been trying to get through to me. But... We're constantly like mm-hmm. work, 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 work. What are you working on? What are you working on? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're always on your phone. You yeah, know, you're 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 always on your computer, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's something you know that I struggle with daily because yeah. it's kind of it's a catch twenty two because you're a yeah. content creator, you're doing things, so you have to be out there posting. You have to, but then yeah. sometimes you just have to sit back. Yeah, you know, because when you sit back, sometimes that's where you get your best ideas, because what yeah. you've done is you've decluttered your mind because yeah. there's nothing because because, you know, everything's coming in. Everything's coming in. So yeah. when you when you shut stuff off yep. and then you sit and you know what? And if you think about it, mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons that I hate waking up in the middle of the night <laughs> because everything's quiet and that's when everything comes rushing in. Oh, gosh. Yes. That's when you get your best stuff. Yes. Yes. And sometimes you got to train yourself to get up and write it down. Like, I'm telling you, I know, like, over the last few weeks, I've dreamed of things that I was like, no, I'm going to remember it. Like, mm-hmm. I like there's no way I'm going to forget it. Like, so I don't get up and write it down. And then I wake up in the morning like, gosh, what was that? You know what I mean? So I I am huge on taking time. Like, I know we're 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 in this move. Everybody's about self-care, but real self-care, like get in touch with self, like get quiet. Like 
And then the thing about social media is that you don't even know what you're going to be hit with. Like mm-hmm. when you're just mindlessly scrolling, so many things are being thrown at you and you're consuming like so many things. Like it's hard to be creative if you spend a lot of time on social media. And then, you know, there's the comparing yourself to others. And, oh, yes. Oh, oh, my gosh. Like, trust me. I mean, I'm these are things that I'm learning the hard way, too. And I'm just thankful that at that one given point in time, God had my attention because, mm-hmm. yeah, it did. And it has been a career move, like for even like the the success I'm having on Clubhouse, like without that project. Yeah. The only thing I probably had was like, you know, a couple books and, you know, a short and my shorts not even like I mean, it's like one in the film festival. So we're less mostly like in film festival circuit. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like something you can go watch right now if you like for the average person. So, yeah, it got me in the conversations like, yeah, now people want to know, like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. Do you you know what I mean? And like just our business model, even like we're growing. And again, we're doing something that for for people of color that just is just truly phenomenal. I'm very proud of my team and I'm just thankful that God gave it to me. Cause again, it's not because I'm like just this high tech girl that just thinks of this stuff every day, you know, like, no. Well, <laughs> you know what? You were, you were the right person for the job. You were the right person at the yeah. right time for the job. Yeah. So how many people do you have on your team? Um, I have currently 20, about 23, about 23 people. Yeah. And it is, it's exactly what it sounds. That's a lot of people and personalities to, you know, deal with, but they're all phenomenal and they are all riders and they are all like, yeah, yeah. I'm just excited because when the world opens back up, like the, the opportunities that I just know that are going to be flooded and we're still creating opportunities. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, um, this is the series finale that we're shooting this weekend. Okay. But um, because we did two seasons of a quarantine show, I cannot tell you how difficult that is to pull off. Like it is exactly what it, it sounds like. We're doing a quarantine show. So that means we have to, for two seasons, figure out why aren't these people in the same room? You know what I mean? Because that is the cool thing we did adhere to the social distancing guidelines by doing this. Now, that's not to say people were never in the same room, but there were never people in the same room that weren't already. Right. Like, so if you we're already on vacation and you are able to shoot your stuff, good, that gives us great visuals for the show, so let's let's shoot it. You know what I mean? I've done that myself. But um, we never were like, hey, you two, y'all are in this, uh, y'all, are, y'all are romantically linked, so I want to put y'all in the same location. Like, we didn't we didn't violate anybody's um, COVID protocols or put people in the situation where they had to, you know, come up with a, you know, you know, you know, we didn't ask anyone to do that. Hey, everybody, it's Floyd Marshall, host of A Conversation With. Have you ever listened to a podcast and said to yourself, I'd like to ask him a question? Well, you can just message me with a question or a comment, and I'll make sure to respond to it in the very next episode. To your success. Visit anchor.com to send Floyd a question.
So I'm very intrigued. So the story about the storyline, because everyone is where they are. So how did you map out that storyline with with such a large cast and everyone being, you know, in their own location? So what does the storyline evolve around? Absolutely. Y'all have to check it out. So I'm going to give away too much. But no, we're not going to give just, a, just a, enough to satisfy yeah, my curiosity. Yeah, just a little, a, bit, a little bit. Yeah, but check it out. Um, we have a website, www.qtseries.com, but it's also youtube.com backslash QT uh, series. And you can watch season one mm-hmm. on, on YouTube. Season two is on Roku on Spiral TV. So if you have a Roku or a Roku TV, you can see season two. But we also have it on Vimeo on demand season two. Um, and I would love to talk a little bit more about like why that is, but we can do that later um, because I am an independent um, filmmaker, but I'm also blessed to know that you can monetize your content. You can make money. Don't let people tell you like oh, being an independent filmmaker means you have to be broke. Like that is definitely not the case. Like, <laughs> no, 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 not anymore. Anyway, like, you know, but your content does have to be, engaging like and something that people will be willing to pay for but that's a whole different subject but um so the story revolves initially season one is about janelle who's a school teacher um the premise was that three days before um the city of los angeles is issued a stay-at-home order janelle meets aaron who's a indie film guy slash um tech guy Mm -hmm. at the gym they met at the gym he told her that he's not like L.A. dudes. He's going to give her this amazing date. But then three days later, they get hit with a stay-at-home order. Mm. So they get to know each other through a series of dates on FaceTime and Zoom, and they get to know each other, which was really cool because I will say that's if anything good happened with the pandemic, initially even, when people were scared, we, we had to connect on deeper levels. We yes. had to start talking again. Before, it was just like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Swipe left, swipe right. Yeah, let's hook up. You know, like, people, if they're smart, are thinking a little deeper than that right now. Yes. If they're smart. So um, so they got to know each other that way. So the, the way the cast grows out and that we were able to spend more stories out is that Janelle's a school teacher. So who do we see? Who do, who, she's a school teacher. So who are her friends? Other school teachers. So th- there's a lot of opportunity there. Um and then Aaron, who are his friends, you know what I mean? And Aaron actually has a, and so this goes into the second thing, conflict. So, okay, now they're getting to know each other through Zoom Zoom dates, but the attention span of the average millennial, like, you know, how long can you really just Zoom? Not long at all. Exactly. So that had to be factored into the writing. That's why I'm telling you it wasn't easy. So then... Okay, now we have to introduce some conflict that will prevent them from even wanting to hook up now. Mm-hmm. So insert Aaron has a best friend, and he did say that he has a best friend and a producing partner. He was not specific in that first conversation, but he said, I have a best friend and a producing partner. What he did not say is that she's a woman. I knew it. <laughs> so then you see their story play out. So it's just so many just spin-off stories, but they're all connected. So that's how we did it. Okay. See, now that that is definitely something that I'm going to have to watch. And I would highly recommend that the audience watch it. Because when you were sitting there talking about he had a friend. You already know. I'm sitting. Okay. 
So mm-hmm. now I know that the young lady is looking at him sideways saying, okay, you said you had a friend, but you did yeah. not uh, uh, offer up the uh, very important detail that it was a female a friend. Female. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Having, wrong with I that. have plenty of uh, female professional friends, yeah. but, but check this out. When I initially meet them and in the process of getting to know them and working with them, the wifey gets the uh, headshot. Absolutely. She gets the resume. She gets everything. Yeah, so I love it. And that's out, all we ask. That's yeah, all we ask. Yeah. Because if it's we're out, if we're out and someone walks up to me and says, hey, Floyd, how you doing? I'll say, yeah. oh, this is the young lady that I told you about. See? And everybody's happy. Absolutely. We, we introduce things and problems into our lives that literally could have just been uh, solved with just a conversation getting ahead of it. Like, at that point, you know, he really didn't have a reason to lie, but I think internally he mm-hmm. knew, you know, there was more and, you know, he didn't want to mess up a good thing, a yeah. new thing. So, it, so it, it, I get it. Well, but yeah, y'all have to watch it. It's the, it's an amazing team and it's a large team. It just grew. Like, we didn't know what this show was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so we're wrapping up this weekend with season eight because we are literally now we're going to like get all the COVID compliance and stuff because we're going to shoot a pilot okay. of a spinoff of QT, which will consist of what these, the same core group of friends, what their world looks like post COVID. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited because while we did this whole thing during COVID, it's almost like we're fortune telling, like, what is it going to look like in the future? Some of it will be happening in real time, but I, I'm challenging myself as a writer and for the team that I'm pulling together for us to just think, okay, what is it going to look like? Maybe a lounge and maybe it's at half capacity. You know what I mean? But there is a DJ and people are dancing, but maybe they're socially distanced dancing or maybe like if they came together, they're dancing together or maybe there's pods or like, I don't know. We're going to figure that out, but that's what the show is going to be um, going for it. So same people, but just um, post COVID world. And you know what's interesting as you're as you're describing the show post COVID, I'm sitting here thinking that a dynamic that a lot of people don't take into consideration because we've gotten used to being quarantined, being separated, being inside is Mm -hmm. the dynamic of the world coming back in to everybody's life because you've kind of had an opportunity to concentrate on the person that's there with you but now the world is slowly starting to intrude so that relationship that you just built how strong is it because you you had you didn't have as many distractions because you know a lot of things were shut down so you 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 didn't you you couldn't go out and 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 you know meet a nice looking girl or a nice looking guy there was really no interference being run but now what's going to happen now that the world is coming back in Yep. You know, how how strong is that relationship? You thought it was strong, but is it as strong as you thought it was? Exactly. Exactly. And again, when people are connecting through necessity, there's a difference between connecting organically and you know what I mean? Like if you're picking something because you, you don't really have many options right. or you just think that that's the most convenient thing, it's not going to work. You know what I mean? So... I'm excited. I know the story is going to do well. We're anyway. We're we're shooting that and we're preparing and start pitching it to networks to show that it can be a standalone thing. And again, we're getting ahead of something, which I think is really cool. 
what I'm I'm ex- I'm excited for you because I think it's going to I think it's going to do well. But let's talk a little bit about Clubhouse because you are absolutely prolific on <laughs> on Clubhouse. You are like a super moderator. Thank you. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's it's well deserved because you know you you are a wealth of knowledge, and I, the thing that I like about the app is that it brings so many diverse people together that otherwise would never have met. And and a perfect example of that is the two of us. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's that's where we met. And actually yeah. the young lady that I interviewed uh, two weeks ago called Kima Mingo. Oh, I love her. That's where I met Kima. I met Kima on, wow. on Clubhouse. And been connected. like Through Clubhouse. Just, like exactly. Like I knew of you for sure before Clubhouse. Oh, you did? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, of course, I know so many people that, and even still, like uh, you see from our um, when we both posted yes. about that we were doing it, like a lot of people that know both of us were like, "Oh my gosh!" So yeah, like I've known of you for years, but oh, oh. it's like it makes it real because there's a voice. It's not just like a social media uh, profile or or whatnot. But yeah, I've definitely known of you for years. You're oh. doing your thing out there. Like I'm congrats. doing the best I can. But you know what? With that. That is why it is so important to treat people nice. Yeah. It really is. And to just be a professional, because I always say the best thing that anyone can say with you is something nice about you when you're not there in the room with them. Uh, Yeah, I like that. And, you know, it really, it speaks volumes of what people, you know, are doing if, yeah. you're, if you're actually doing things the right way. So, yeah. you know, it just pays to be professional. It just pays to be nice. And it doesn't yeah. cost you anything to do that. Not a dime. Not a dime. I agree. Um, but in terms of Clubhouse, I mean, I love Clubhouse. It is my jam um, because I like to talk. You know, I like to not I'm, I'm, I'm shy um, initially. But um, once you can get me going, Mm -hmm. I can go. You know what I mean? And I've been so Zoomed out. I've been doing Zoom more than anybody because my show is with Zoom. So I got to have table reads on Zoom and I got to have rehearsals on Zoom and I got to shoot the show through Zoom. And it's so I had been Zoomed out. So Clubhouse, just the fact that, wow, I don't have to like, you know, pull myself together to have a conversation. That's been amazing. Now, but that's not to say like that I can just completely be because you are like you feel. And then like um, Gino is hilarious, like uh, Gino Brooks. Yeah. Shout out to Brooks. He's a very prolific filmmaker and energizer, energizer Brooks. rabbit. Yeah. So he he called somebody out one night like this is like one of our moderator, like inside jokes. Like he um, it was late. It probably was like two in the morning. And then somebody, you know, you're waiting in line. Right. Like people will come to ask you a question. So I guess he must have, you know, he was relaxing. But Gino was like, yo, bro, are you laying down? Like, man, get up, stand up. You know, like, he was like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you, you have questions, you got our attention, like, stand Absolutely. up. Absolutely. We have been cracking up about that ever since. But it's true. So, like, you can't really be, so no, you don't have to be 100% on, but you really shouldn't be, like, laid up in your PJs, like, offering, smoking a cigarette, offering people career advice. Like, it doesn't. So I do take it more seriously. Mm-hmm than that you know what I mean but I don't have to be full beat you know what I mean like 
I, I can just have a conversation and and it takes all the pressure off. So that's why I like Clubhouse, just finding that balance between, you know, having a conversation without having to be 100% like as if it was a Zoom or in-person right. meeting. So you can just, yeah, you can just let down the walls and just have a conversation. Yeah, you could be attentive and you don't have to get dressed up. Right. You, know, don't, you don't have to do your hair. Zoom, I do. You know what I mean? I just do. Right. And and you get you get some really amazing and valuable tips. And yeah. uh, you guys brought in a woman last week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she used to work with Will Smith. Oh, Danita. Oh, my and God. Yeah, she is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I was in the room. But you're right. I met her through Clubhouse for sure. Yeah. You know what? That one show, because I've never gone to film school, but that one Me show, too. I well, that one room, I felt as <laughs> as if I had gotten my master's degree. Yeah. Just sitting yeah. there listening to the knowledge that she was imparting. Yeah. yeah. Oh it, man. It, it, it was just it was just amazing. But a lot of the the stuff that you talk about is just so valuable. So what has come from Clubhouse besides the awesome connections, the uh, wealth of knowledge that you've gained? Um, are there any deals in the works? And just, you know, whatever, whatever you're free to share, absolutely. you can share. But No, I'm, I, I mean, I can just say yes, absolutely. So deals um, have certainly been made. Connections like, you know, people, the thing about Clubhouse and I think why it's working really well for me is that. I don't pretend to get up there and act like I'm just this superstar mm -hmm. hotshot. You know, I'm authentic and most people resonate with that. Like, mm -hmm. I'll tell you in a minute, like, don't waste your money on that. No, don't do that. Or, you know, don't, don't DM me asking me to like, you know, put your career on. If that was the case, I would be putting my own career right. on. Like, don't, I just, I'm just real. And I think that people appreciate that. Um, and I'm also very straightforward, like, and I will call out, especially things like racial injustice or people using privilege or, you know what I mean? So I think people just kind of resonate that. And it's like the people that follow me are like people that I never would have like even thought I could get a meeting right. with. Like, and now they're following me, they're engaging me, they're supporting me. Like, you know, like, it, it's just amazing. Like, and I, I think that that is really cool. So that's another thing that come out. So it is the relationship, but it's, it's not the connections, it's the relationships. Yes. So relationships are very key in this business because just like anything, like Hollywood is no different, but it's probably more so in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You want to work with people that you like and that you trust. Yes. So through Clubhouse, you're able to like, make those make those authentic connections because you're actually talking but then you can't just depend on you can't just leave it on clubhouse you got to start connecting outside of that like things like this you know like now we've had a real personal like mm -hmm. conversation be it a podcast or not like we both are going to leave this like feeling like we know each other a little more like yeah. it's beyond like, a clubhouse connection because because i'm in your home now you're my home straight up you know yeah. you're, you're in my room <laughs> And and, and and it's and it's so true, but you know what? Relationships is the key. It's all there is. That, you know, it, if, if if you don't have relationships, and here's the thing about relationships, because like you, 
being on Clubhouse, I now have some people following me because I'm 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 very methodical in researching who I'm following and yeah. who follows That's me. And I, I, got, I really got to go back and clean who I follow. I have way I'm following I, way too many people. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I I clicked on a few names and I, I was kind of surprised. Oh yeah. Because these are well, high industry really, people. I, oh, of course. Studio heads yes. follow me. Like I never in a million years right. like would have thought I could. I mean, I know like people that are running like some of the shows that I grew up watching mm -hmm. or movies I grew up watching or you know, like they're very like connected, powerful people. Like there's no way you could have done that like at no. an industry networking event or because I'm first of all, I'm too shy for that. Like mm -hmm. back in the day at an industry networking event, sometimes it depends on when you met me or what I was going through at the time. Like some people would say, oh, yeah, I met Tamika. She's so nice. She was live at a party or others would be like, Tamika, who was that? You mean the girl that was just sitting right. there the whole time like eating like her plate and just sitting by herself and not talking to nobody? Like it just depends. So with Clubhouse, I started like quiet like I started mm -hmm. I would just go listening into to rooms and stuff but then like I don't know when I don't know when I started talking on Clubhouse to be honest but once I did it just started growing and well you know what thing that the one thing that people have to realize regardless of where you are on your journey you have something to offer someone else yes I oh, always yeah. say to people that yeah. You know, everyone doesn't know everything. So there's yeah. always something that you can offer to someone else, even large studio heads. It, it yeah. doesn't matter because, yeah. you know, yeah. no, no, yeah. as they say, no man is an island, if that even fits. But there's always something that someone can teach someone else. Yeah. So I love you, that. You, you 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 can't be afraid to speak up and you can't be afraid to like, oh well, you know, I don't know what they know. Well, guess what? Yeah. Trust me when I tell you this. There is something that you know that they don't. Absolutely. And it's and it's all about the sharing of information. So when you're on such something like Clubhouse and you're talking and you have people that have been in the industry for quite some time and you open your mouth and you say something that resonates. Oftentimes, people will sit there and say, hmm, that's something that I didn't know. So yeah. you, you just have to kind of get out your comfort zone and just be willing yeah. to put yourself out there because that's when good things happen. So I agree. what is on the horizon for Tamika Briscoe? Oh, thank you for asking. Again, like I said, we're packaging this mm -hmm. to, to sell the show as a standalone primetime soap uh, is the plan. And... Um, I have a number of collaborations, mostly stemming from my clubhouse relationships. Um, literally, after we finish this, I'm going into a Zoom meeting with, again, God has literally, like, just placed me, even, because I wasn't even really pressed to get on clubhouse like that. Like, mm -hmm. I waited a long time. I think I joined, like, in December or January. It wasn't that, you know, it wasn't like, I know some people were in there, like, November, all that. And I would see people talking about it, but I was just like, hmm. You know, like, whatever. Then I finally did. But I'm telling you, like, the people that I am working with now, I couldn't even have imagined, like, that I, I would would be. So, um, yeah, like, uh, tons of new projects. New stuff is coming at me every day. 
Um, you did ask uh, one thing about another benefit of Clubhouse that I do want to say, um, because I never want to, you know, miss the opportunity to say this. I love that I get to help people that are just starting out. Yes. You know, I mean, we talked about that before we started recording. Same with you. And that's, we're, we're doing the same thing in that regard. Like the fact that we're saving people and keep in mind, it's our, it's our honest opinion. We're only speaking from our experiences, but the, our experiences ha, are going to save people like so much time and money and give them confidence that if we can do it, mm -hmm. you can do it. Like, that feels good to me that every day, like there's not a day that goes by like that because of Clubhouse, even if I don't even get on Clubhouse that day, like I'm getting DMs, I'm getting, you know, like it, it's, it's impact. And I think that that's a really cool thing. And I'm, I love that I'm able to enjoy it now. I know I will get so busy that it's going to be hard for me to manage like my own stuff mm -hmm. because it did start getting overwhelming for a while there. Like I would be getting like 20 something uh, 200 messages at one point, like DMs, like to try to get through that. Like I would have to tackle, like, okay, I'll do 25 today. Cause I, right. it's important to me to respond to everyone that I can. That makes sense. Like, you know, if you just send me links or you're sending me like lengthy paragraphs, like I got to get to that later. Like if it's an immediate thing, but, or if it's somebody I know, or like I've exchanged like some conversation with like, obviously, Oh, I see this. I've recognized the name. Let me mm -hmm. like prioritize mm -hmm. that. So it's just amazing to 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 plug in with people like that. As I'm on the grind and on the rise, like so many others are, this is a real tangible way we're able to give back. And and I like that about it. So yeah. that that's me. Like just continue to sell these projects, create. It's always something. I got uh, got a lot of uh, pots on the fire now. Okay. And Things are, are popping off and it feels good. Um, but when I tell you, God is so good. Glory all the time. God, give him all the glory and opportunities are coming my way. Like by tomorrow, like there's always something else like, oh my gosh, this is a great opportunity. And I'm thankful and I'm blessed and I have good people around me. Like my, my mod family that you see me with, like they really embrace me and it doesn't, I don't feel like the junior member uh, mm -hmm. with them, or at least if I do, it's not something that they are making me feel like, you know, I got entertainment lawyers in the squad. We got finance people in the squad. We got studio execs in the squad. We have, you know, independent filmmakers mm -hmm. like myself, male, female, black, um, you know, Asian, like we just, we're, we're just doing it. Like, and it just feels real good and we're going to win. And, and you know what? That's the great thing about that app again this is not a this is not an advertisement for a clubhouse we are not no, paid endorsers like they should but be, uh, you know no. you, you you just have to talk about what what is actually working for you yeah because and, we're making it work for us right i know some people that are on clubhouse that literally they're in the shoot your shot rooms or they only follow two people and three people follow them like they're not using it to their so it's only working for those that are working it Right. And, and, and it's a tool. It's a tool yes. that, you know, you can use in your arsenal. And, and the phenomenal thing that I like about the way that people are connecting is this. One of the things that people always had an issue with was how Hollywood did business, especially yeah. with people of color. Yeah. So now what people of color in this industry are finding out is that there are ways around Hollywood 
because yeah. Hollywood yeah. is Hollywood. It is what it is. It is but in yeah. order for Hollywood to work, Hollywood needs people. Yeah. And True. you have a lot of extremely talented people, yeah. people of color, black, yeah. black people, uh, yeah. Latinos, Asians, what, what, whatever. Okay. And yep. they're, they're, they're at a point where they're just frustrated with the system because the system is designed to keep people of color down. It is what it is. And the mm -hmm. system is designed to not allow you to rise to the top. So yep. what's happening now is a lot of people that have vast wealths of knowledge, they have vast pools of resources. They're now yep. begin. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you see it, but you just don't want to believe it. Right. But now people right. say, you know what? Do I really need them? Yeah. Or can I get in a room with a Tamika and a Craig and a Cheryl? Love Craig. Yeah. And mm -hmm. do this sure. thing myself. Yeah. Because like you said, there are angel investors. So yeah. everything that you need to actually create some phenomenal content is yeah. right there. And it goes back yeah. to what type of relationships are you building? Because again, it's a tool. Yeah. So how are you utilizing that? Yeah. And, and that's what I people agree. need to understand. You people know. have to understand. And I don't want to send people blindly thinking like, oh, okay, I'm going to go on Clubhouse and I'm going to be friends with studio executives. Right. Like, no, it's still like anywhere else in life. And I and I say that, and that's why I, the thing about the DMs, like, yes, I, my DMs are open. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to, you know, to talk to people. But um, it doesn't excuse like manners or normal social yes. grace. Like you don't just go, Floyd, um, what's the, what's your agent's uh, information? You know what I mean? Like, or uh, can you uh, put me on your show? Like, you know, you gotta, finesse. Vanessa turned into this bad thing, but no. Finesse is, uh, initially what finesse meant was like gentleness and smoothness mm -hmm. and, you know, care and concern. That was the initial Etiquette. thing that meant by finesse. Now it's like a, like you're, you're suckering somebody or you're slicking somebody, you finesse them. Like, no, you, you want, it's a lost art of finesse that we got to get back to mm -hmm. like, you know, Floyd, oh my gosh, I, I was watching uh, the thing I saw you had on a Virginia beach sweatshirt. Like, oh my gosh, like me for real. Like mm -hmm. I lived in Virginia beach for a long time. I love Virginia beach. Like, you know what I mean? Boom. There's a connection. Right. And if I leave it at that, leave it there, leave it there. Like I just saw that. I thought that was a great interview and you had the Virginia beach shirt. Like I thought that was dope. That's going to have you thinking like, wow, like, thank you. You felt mm -hmm. good about it. So I know when that happens to me and they're not immediately asking me, can you put me on? Can you do this? Can I be in a project? Can I audition? Can you look at my reel? Can you do like, that's going to say, I'm like, Oh, you just like my hair. You saw me on Lloyd thing. Oh, thank you. Well, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Like normally I'm telling people, please stop overwhelming me sending me all your stuff. But when you like take it and do something small and leave it there, you stand out more than I'm like, Oh wow. You didn't ask me for something. Can, can I do something for you? Like mm -hmm. it makes, it's a weird Jedi mind trick, but I'm telling you, stop just, and I get it. We're all trying to get on. Do you think I don't want to, if it was as simple, don't you think I would be in Oprah's DMs right now? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would. If, it, if I really thought that that would help. I'd be like, I Ryan, would, you need some help? help. <laughs> Ryan, exactly. do you need it's help on the next Wakanda film? Unread or unread. Right. One or two things. Right. Is it going to be left on red or is it going to be unread? Those are the only two things. You'd rather, I would rather take my time and grow at people that I have access to mm -hmm. that may be at varying levels. You know what I mean? Some may not have even achieved the things that I have yet. Some may be achieving the things I'm achieving. Some um, hopefully have achieved much more. And between that good mix, 
we're going to get where we need to go. But the answer is not just always going to someone that you perceived has achieved a certain amount of success because mm-hmm. once they do, they're busy. They, they literally don't have time to look at your stuff. Right. Especially if you're talking about reading the script. That's a huge favor. You know what? The one thing that you can never get back is time. And that's why I'm always so appreciative of when people, you know, they they come on and they watch the podcast or Mm -hmm. they, you know, they come into a room on Clubhouse because they are investing the most precious thing they have, which is their time. You can never get that back. And when people send you messages in your DMs, when they, as they say, sliding your DMs. Like, here's a link to my film. That's the introduction. Here's a link to my film. Here's a link to my script. And yeah. and I'm saying, well, I mean, damn. I mean, do I get a cigarette afterwards? Because you just yeah. went you just went straight to it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I agree. No finesse. No, no. finesse. And, and you know what? That's the best way to get something. And, and I hate saying get something. But that's the best way. If if you're looking to work with someone, what are you offering them? How are you that's, being oh, of service? Uh, you to offer them? me something that's gonna really make me lose my mind. Like, yeah, what what you need? Yeah, you offering me because but don't start. You wouldn't walk to a stranger on the street and say, "Hey, can you build my house?" You know what I mean? Like, that's really what you're doing when you slide in someone's DM. You want me to build your career? You want me to absolutely? Like, and I don't know anything about you. I can't stamp you. I can't like forward you on to people that I am just getting to know and they are building a trust for me. Like I have to know something about you. Like it's just not that easy. And it's not that people are trying to be different or difficult or they want to keep each other down. It's like, we're all trying to figure this out and you have to stop thinking that someone else has the ticket to your success. Anyway, you have what it takes. Absolutely, You do that work. And then I guarantee you, they are going to find you. Uh, you need to find an agent or a manager. They're going to find you. You put something dope together, put that out into the world. They are going to find you. But I do have to jump on my four o'clock meeting. So I'll go ahead and let you close out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we're about to close out because we are we are up on that hour. But before we go, where can people find you? Please find me. I'm at Tamika Briscoe on everything on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse. Um, at Tamika Briscoe. That's T-A-M-I-E-K-A-B-R-I-S-C-O-E. So find me. I'll be waiting and do the work. You got it. Tamika Briscoe, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on a conversation with. We hope you enjoyed it. Most importantly, we hope that you've learned something and that you take something away from this conversation that you can immediately incorporate into your daily life or your daily business and hopefully you can incorporate them into both so thank you so much for spending your friday night with us and i hope you have an amazing and phenomenal and outstanding weekend peace out you as well thanks for having me floyd you're a king you're a legend you're doing your thing and i was honored to be asked so thank you thank you for being here it was an absolute pleasure I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you soon. Yes, you will. Everyone. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye.